Morena, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Wednesday the 8th of September. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Today I wanted to focus on a really interesting Consumer NZ survey that came out yesterday, which showed what we really think about the housing market and how important it is in our view of where the nation's going. Turns out this survey, a nationally representative survey of a thousand people, found that more people were more worried about housing affordability than they were about COVID. It's the survey found that a 44% of the survey said that housing was the nation's main concern. Then it went down to 33% saying it was cost of living and just 26% saw COVID-19 as the main concern. Other things the survey found, 81% of New Zealanders believe the housing market is overinflated and out of control. 62% of renters feel they're locked out of the market and 58% of homeowners, this is fascinating, reckon they couldn't actually afford to buy the house they're living in now and that they own if they had to pay the current CV. This just shows you that we're an economy that is actually a housing market with bits tacked on. The wealth effect was used by the Reserve Bank to rescue the economy last year. And uh, it's now in a position where it wants to put up interest rates but can't because of COVID restrictions here and overseas. Um, it probably will later on this year. But the housing market is something that dominates everyone's thinking and um, how they think about not just their their financial lives but you know, in society, how uh, unequal we've become and what is being done or not being done about it. Elsewhere in the news overnight, uh, we've got Stuff's uh, Luke Melpass reporting that Novavax could become a booster shot early next year. The government's got dose, about five and a half million doses booked to come in early next year. And Chris Hipkins is saying that, although it hasn't been approved yet, um, he is looking at using Novavax as a booster shot. Uh, this is something that studies overseas have found, that if you mix and max, match a bit of a cocktail, that can help offset some of the waning effectiveness of a Pfizer that some have been using it for a long time and now starting to see. For example, Israel overnight reported that its new case load per capita hit a record high for anywhere in the world, anywhere in the, the COVID outbreak. That's because even though they got to 60% vaccination rates and then opened up, a lot of people who are unvaccinated have gotten the virus and had to go to hospital. They're reporting dozens of deaths each day. And remember, this is a country with 9 million people, so not that much bigger than New Zealand. And uh, they've had to reimpose lockdowns. They're also starting to see breakthrough infections. These are infections that people who have been vaccinated get and which still force them to go to hospital. That's a concern, and um, it's clear that Israel, which is the which was the first to vaccinate across the board with Pfizer, is finding that effectiveness is dropping. They've uh, already instituted a third Pfizer shot booster program, and they're even talking about a fourth, um, particularly for those most vulnerable. So that will be something to watch for early next year, whether you need a top up from Novavax. That, of course, depends on it um, being given approval. Uh, early studies from the United States where it's being made found that it was 90% effective against uh, 
COVID-19 in trials of 30,000 people. That was initially reported in June, and we're likely to get approval in the next couple of months in other countries and uh, decision after that in New Zealand about whether Novavax is approved. Elsewhere in the COVID world, Singapore, again, one of those countries that was first to vaccinate to a very high rate and then opened up. It is now looking at closing back down again because its case numbers are now doubling uh, every week. And uh, that's after it hit an 80% vaccination rate. So being fully vaccinated, even to very high levels, is no guarantee that you'll squash COVID-19. And also opening up after you do that doesn't necessarily stop you from having fresh outbreaks, particularly amongst the unvaccinated and uh, some breakthrough infections amongst the vaccinated, who of course are still passing it on. Elsewhere in the uh, political economy, um, globally and in business and in markets, watch out for fresh news that Ampol, the Australian uh, fuel retailer, is planning to uh, bid for Meridian Energy's electricity generation and retailing assets in Australia. The Australian reported this a couple of weeks ago, but um, the Australian Financial Review has some extra details this morning about the hiring of investment banks. Remember, Meridian Energy is 51% owned by the government and is getting out of Australia. It has about a billion dollars Australian worth of assets there, including PowerShop Australia. Elsewhere overnight, the Reserve Bank of Australia came out with its monthly decision on monetary policy. Remember, it's cut its interest rates to 0.1% and no one expected to move it, but it's still printing money. So it was printing money at... Uh, $4 billion um, uh, a week, and uh, it, then it said it was going to increase it to $5 billion, and then it was going to taper it back down to $4 billion. And going into the decision, uh, which came out late yesterday, a lot of the markets were expecting the Reserve Bank to um, keep uh, or essentially reverse its decision to taper back down to $4 billion from $5 billion. Um, essentially keep printing at a very high rate. Well, no, the Reserve Bank said it thinks the Australian economy will rebound after the latest lockdowns in New South Wales and Victoria have finished. And so it's carrying on with its plan to drop the level of money printing from $5 billion Australian a week, so that's $20 billion a month, down to $4 billion a week. Uh, that meant um, that the New Zealand, the Australian dollar rose um, a little bit, and um, that is uh, certainly something to keep an eye on. What it says is that the Reserve Bank of Australia is a bit more confident about their economy than some others in the market, and uh, that it is still tapering, although it made a point of saying we're going to keep printing at a rate of $4 billion a week until early next year. So... New Zealand, um, the Reserve Bank here is expected to hike on October the 6th and then again uh, with its um, next monetary policy statement in November. So two rate hikes to um, from 0.25% to 0.75% um, or so. Um, and that is um, that would put New Zealand well ahead of the rest of the world. And this, remember, is in the middle of the complete lockdown of our largest city representing a third of the economy, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm, I've got a feeling that might not go ahead as everyone expects. Elsewhere in the global economy, Boris Johnson broke his election manifesto pledge not to raise main tax rates. He announced an extra 1.25% tax on share dividends and a 1.25% hike in national insurance taxes. They're a bit like a 
tax that everyone pays for social welfare, a bit like our normal taxes. And uh, that's to pay for an increase in the um, National Health Service, £36 billion over three years because of COVID. And uh, he's taking some real heat from his backbench over this, and we'll see how that uh, that pans out. Also overnight, a bit of a milestone, El Salvador became the first country in the world to start using Bitcoin as its official currency. But of course, there were a few problems. The e-wallet stopped working. Um, they had to promise to put $30 into every individual's um, wallet, uh, the official government wallet, to make sure that people were downloading it. And of course, the um, the big platforms, Apple and Google, didn't quite cooperate with uh, getting people to download the government version of the e-wallet. So there's been a few problems using Bitcoin as the official currency in El Salvador. What they're hoping, of course, is they can uh, get around some of the high costs of transferring money back from America and other places into El Salvador from people working overseas. We'll see how that works out. And um, also a bit of a milestone. <laughs> this is bizarre. Junk debt. So this is corporate bonds that is rated below triple B minus. In Europe, corporate junk bond yields fell below zero this morning for the first time ever. That shows you how little pressure there is on interest rates, how low um, uh, interest rates have gone in Europe, and also how much money, cash, is sitting out there waiting to be invested. A lot of people have sold their government bonds to a central bank and want to put that cash to use somewhere, and they're looking around for some extra risk, and they're finding it, and they're having to push up the price of bonds, therefore the yield down, and for the first time, a negative yield for a European corporate junk bond. That says, you know, if you're a slightly risky company and you want to raise money, uh, you can uh, raise it at less than 0%. And watch out over the next um, week, particularly on Wednesday morning, New Zealand time, for the next version of the iPhone. It came out last night that they've got a launch event uh, next Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon um, in the US on the West Coast. So that's Wednesday morning, our time. Uh, just watch out, uh, Sign of the Times news uh, in the last day or so. Of course, Jacinda Ardern has announced we've got an imminent deal to get more Pfizer, Pfizer doses just so we can keep up our very high vaccination rate at the moment of about 70, 80, 90k a day, which is pretty much double what we're expecting. She's now confident that we'll have enough doses to keep that rate going from the end of next week when at the current rate they're due to run out. Um, that is um, good news, uh, although she didn't detail exactly where the doses are coming from, how many there would be, and when they would be arrived. Basically, it's just trust us. So um, I'd get your vaccine shot in as fast as you can, frankly. Uh, also, um, some good news for the building materials and construction sector. Grant Robertson announced yesterday that there's going to be a relaxation of the Level 4 rules in Auckland for the building materials companies, in brackets, Fletcher Building, to um, start manufacturing things again. There's been a real shortage of plasterboard and pink bats, and uh, this is good news for the rest of the country's construction sector, which is now um, obviously in Delta II uh, level um, restrictions and construction's well and truly underway, but of course they're worried that if you don't have the pink bats and the plasterboard and all the other bits and pieces, um, you're not going to get your houses built and all the other things. So that's uh, that's good news. Although, um, you know, if you're one of those companies that can't 
uh, do your manufacturing or work uh, under level four, you'd be feeling a bit grumpy that Fletcher Building and a few others have managed to get through the rules. But um, it's all about building houses. Fair enough. Um, watch out too for um, my take on the a big announcement on the National Land Transport Plan yesterday, $23.4 billion of spending over three years, and that is up 40% from, from the last plan. But the difference is, and the thing to watch for, is that we're still spending much, much more on roads, building new roads, repairing old roads, than we are on public transport, cycling and walking. And that, um, in theory, has to change. Maybe it will when the government comes up with its new commitments to reduce carbon in the next um, few weeks ahead of the big Glasgow conference. Also watch out for a great chart I've got uh, on nitrogen overuse. Um, our world and data have just put together some figures. And um, looking at the various countries' nitro excess nitrogen use rates, uh, we're the second worst in the world behind the Netherlands. Um, obviously, dairy is a big potential overuser of nitrogen. The Dutch do a lot of dairy farming, and they're slightly worse than us. But we're number two. We're well ahead of uh, China, which is notorious for overusing nitrogen. And for others in the dairy game and others who buy our dairy imports like the UK and the US, our rates are essentially triple those of the UK and the US and way higher than in Australia, but of course, I don't do quite so much dairying. That is um, the Dong Chorus on Wednesday, the 8th of September. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Kakite anō.